Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Man, what's up Lyle? Uh, the, the sun. That's what I always say. I think you're just copying me. Um, the moon. Okay, fine, you get that too. The tops of trees. Um, <laughs> the steeple on top of the church. Yes. Okay, yep. Great. So what are you grateful for? <laughs> you know what I'm grateful for this morning? What's that? I am grateful for our listeners. Oh, how come? What have they done? Well, you know, we just get every now and then, I mean, we just get listen. the... We, yeah, that's right. Every now and then, we just, we just get these encouraging little notes and messages. And it's just super encouraging, you know, because... You sort of sit here in the studio and we have an invisible audience. That's right. And sometimes when you, you feel like you're talking to yourself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like, what do you do? Well, I go to work every day and talk to myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. We don't. We talk to you and we are so glad that you are listening this morning. That's true. Can I be grateful for that too? That sounds really nice. No. No, you have something else. No, I'd be grateful for your listeners as well. Okay, all right. You can, you can they, they, are, I will they are share, I will bunch. share today. They are a great bunch of listeners. I will I share. Say. I'm a generous person. Okay. <laughs> You're so grateful. <laughs> I mean, you're so generous to show your gratitude with us all today, Lyle. <laughs> oh dear. Actually, do you know what? I am. I am grateful to um to have good male friends because. Yeah, they, absolutely. Yeah. Uh huh. They can. So you should be. They can. <laughs> your male friends are amazing. Actually, it's time some of my male friends in close proximity right now did some more amazing stuff for me. Because. <laughs> uh, oh no! I see how this goes. <laughs> Flattery <laughs> followed by request. Look, I just, I just noticed, Lyle, that one of my headlights seems to be a little bit dimmer than the other. Uh, maybe I, it doesn't work. I don't know how to fix that, Lyle. Um, it's easy. You reach you get in, a male friend. You twist. <laughs> you pull. Reach in. It how? Comes what out. do you mean, reach in? You like reach how? in behind the headlight. Don't you mean twist behind it, the pull. headlight? It's just like changing a light bulb in a house. But first you have to unscrew. There's no cover on a light bulb. It's in behind. But how do you get in behind? You open open the bonnet. There's I'll this, tell you how you get in clip. behind. You clip. call upon your male friends. There's this clip. has a picture of a oh, bonnet a on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a little clip thing, a picture of a bonnet on it, down on the right-hand side of the steering column. You pull that. The bonnet goes, dunk. You've already lost me. This is way too complicated. <laughs> Great show coming up for you today. This is a reminder. You are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the Tune In Radio app. Joy, my 
Welcome back, everybody. That was Chelsea Moon with Jesus, uh, the Lord, my Saviour is. You're listening to Faith FM. We are going to have the first clue for the quiz, and you better get ready to give us a call. The number is 1-800-324-843. Here it comes. Who am I? Clue number one. I said, should I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? That's a little morbid. Uh, yes, Lyle is correct. He's written down the correct answer. You easy two, peasy. You two can be correct. Just give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Text your answers to 0491-064-669. Uh, you can win the prize this morning. It's the breakfast book, a really wonderful cookbook, um, a nutrition manual all by uh, Sue Rand, wonderful nutritionist. Probably Australia's most famous nutritionist, I want to say. Hmm, and dietitian, actually, as well. So, yeah. The Breakfast Book by Stu Rad. You can win yourself a copy. If you know the story behind that uh, quiz question, you will find that this person was a connoisseur of fine beverages which did not include people's blood. Oh, I had no idea he was a connoisseur of fine beverages. Oh, yes. I didn't realize I had something in common with this person. There you go. Yeah, a bit of a foodie, was he? He was a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a foodie, a bit of a foodie. Oh, Lyle, I've got so much good news this morning. I've got new news coming out of my ears. I'm going to see how much of it There's I can There's nothing coming out of your ears. you got your headset on. Wow, Captain Literal. Shall we have you tested for autism? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to see how many good news stories I can stuff into the next few minutes. Okay. Okay. This is really cool. Uh, So there's been a baby born in Missouri, right? She was born on um, uh, this. Well, you know how in America they they do their numbers back to front? So we would do like the 11th of the 7th. Why is that? They're the only country in the world. But you know, it actually makes better sense. It's the one thing that I think Americans How can do. it possibly make better sense? Let me you explain go from to you. small to big. No, 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 no. Wait, day, wait, wait. month, So yeah, for those of you who don't know what small. we're talking about, when we write the date, we write the day, then we write the month, and then we write the year. So we would say that today is the 24th of the 7th of 2019. But yeah. in America, they put the month first and then the date. So they write, right, it's the 7th of the 24th of 2019. And I'll well, explain- we'd say the 24th of July, they'd say July 24. Correct. And if they say it verbally, they say it like that as well. But written, it's also back to front. But let me explain to you why I think it makes more sense. Imagine in your mind you have a calendar, right? And it's closed. And someone mm-hmm. is about to give you a date and you have to get to the date as fast as possible. You imagine this, right? Mm-hmm. And so they start the Australian way, they give you the number 24. You still can't flick anywhere because there are 12 months that have the number 24 and you don't know where to go. Then they give you the month, then you can start flicking. Okay, so this is a major disadvantage to the rest of the world because in a calendar race, which has never happened, no, I'm just, America would win. But I'm, hear me out. So, so when Americans say it, they would say it's July. So you immediately flick to July, then they say 24th, and then you can go to the 24th. And even though calendar races aren't a real thing, I have had many times where I'm like writing something down or making notes or taking dictation where it's frustrating to me because I have to wait for the whole thing. Um, and I can't start writing as soon until they've said the month. So it's the one thing where I actually think it makes sense to do the month and then the day. It's like, uh, Macro to micro. 
I'm just wondering, okay, if somebody says <laughs> 24-7-19, you can start writing as soon as they say 24. You write 24. When they say 7, you write no, 7. No, but if you're heading, if you're heading like, anyway, that's not, <laughs> you clearly don't get it, but it's okay. No, it's okay. So recently, for the Americans, they had the 7th of the 11th, right? So 7-11. And uh, on 7-11, uh, a little baby girl was born, mm. uh, Jamie Brown, and uh, she was born July 7th uh, at exactly 11 minutes past 7. Oh, and so she, 7, 11, 11. And she weighed 7 pounds and 11 ounces. Ah! <laughs> so she's 7, 11, 7, 11, 7, 11, which in itself is cool, right? That's very cool. But since then, because they like started tweeting about it and they would go to 7, 11, because we have 7, 11 here in Australia. Yeah, the 7, 11 should totally sponsor this kid. Dude, you hit it on the head. They absolutely have. <laughs> they the absolutely 7-11 have. Kid. So when staffers found out about this little baby, um, you know, they told like their, their company officials and then uh, <laughs> they actually donated to this little girl's college fund. They set up a trust fund for the 7-Eleven baby and they're sponsoring <laughs> her university degree even though she's like a yes. few days old. Um, you know, What's and her I, name? What did they... Jamie Brown. Should, should the 7-Eleven baby. She should have come up with some kind of... Uh, I, I, do you know what? I have to imagine they're probably going to use her for advertising when she's older. I can't imagine they wouldn't. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But yes, particularly when she hits that cute phase. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, they've been they've been um, providing the family with nappies and onesies, um, Seven Eleven onesies. They have she has like a little onesie that has the Seven Eleven logo on it, and uh, a whole bunch of other presents. So she's a little cute. Well, actually, she's just a bit like a menace. She's gonna hate face. this when she when yeah. she hits thirteen years, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. So Seven Eleven. I love the fact that Seven Eleven got behind it and actually paid for her tuition, even though yeah, she's still just a babe. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one good news story. Let me quickly jump across to another. One. Oh, I got something I want to share with you. Um, this is just so heartwarming. Um, there's a, a, a couple, well, they're not really, well, they're not a couple, they're just mates. Um, Melanie uh, Connect, I want to say her name is pronounced. Uh, she was born with spina, dif- spina bifida, so she uses a wheelchair to get around. And, um, and he connected with uh, a guy called Trevor Hahn, who only recently became blind after he contracted glaucoma five years ago. Um, they both live in Fort Collins, Colorado. And if anyone has been to Colorado, you know that Colorado is all about the outdoor lifestyle. Climbing, hiking, fishing, mountain biking, just the big outdoors. That's what Colorado is, right? And uh, the two of them met... Lived there for a while. Oh, you lucky boy. Um, the two of them met an, adapt- an adaptive boxing class. Um, and then they ran into the an adaptive rock climbing class. So these are this is really cool. Adaptive anything class is a class that's been adapted um, to suit people with like you know like her who she can't walk or him he can't see. Um, and they were bonding over their lifelong hobby of uh, camping and outdoor sports. And um, and then they had a eureka moment, right? So his eyesight's gone, so he can't scale. Um, Himalayan peaks and they wanted to they both had dreams of um, scaling a Himalayan peak um, so he can't see so he can't do it and she can't walk so she can't do it and they were like hang on you've got the legs I've got the eyes let's do a dream team so she is strapped to his back and he carries her like in a backpack I'll show you a picture and she gives him navigation you have got to be and joking. together they're like they went and climbed a Himalayan peak, and now they're just like, do you know what? That was a success. Let's take on other mountains around the world. And the two of them are just this like crazy mountain climbing duo. Isn't that just incredible? <laughs> Isn't that just incredible? Keep fit too, wouldn't it? I know. So he's got like you know the poles and all that, all that mountain trekky stuff. Um, 
Yeah, he, he said it made me so happy to help someone experience what I've been ex- able to experience my whole life. This is you know before he lost his sight. The best part is being able to make her smile. That gives me purpose. Um, oh yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's it's really incredible. And for those who don't uh, don't understand spina bifida, like uh, the people. People who are born with spina bifida often have smaller frames. Okay. Um, so her being strapped to his back is oh, like the equivalent yeah, of like yeah, maybe yeah, like yeah. A, a, an eight-year-old child being strapped to his back. Right. Um, so it's not like he would be, um, you know, hugely it's not a weighed huge down. amount of yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like taking a kid on a piggyback, uh-huh. but they have like a special brace, a special harness for her. So yeah, and there's even like a little video where you know she's guiding him up a rocky path. Um, you know, he's got his little poles, and she's giving him direction to avoid That's rocks. That's cool. And the two of them just take it on the world. I just I love it. One more story. One more story. I got like a minute and a half left. Uh, so this is really cool. So three young men uh, found themselves with an extra ticket to a Red Sox baseball game. Have you been to a baseball game? I've never been to a it's baseball game. my dream. Game. I've been to a basketball game, but I haven't been to a baseball. I just want to eat popcorn um, and hot dogs, veggie hot dogs. But uh, one of their friends uh, flaked, did a flake on them and piked and didn't turn up, decided not to go to the game after all. Uh, so they had an extra fourth ticket and guess what they did with it? Um, uh, no idea. Instead of scalping it, instead of selling it or finding a new friend, they actually went around town until they found a homeless man and said, "Hey, mate, do you want to come to the baseball game with us?" Oh, cool! And they took him on a all expenses paid trip uh, to the baseball, and um, and yeah, and so the the four of them are <laughs> good mates now. Uh, their pictures have gone viral on uh, on social media. Um, just giving this guy the enjoyment. Uh, of going to like a social event that I guess I guess homeless people are often excluded from. Um, a little picture of them there, three young guys and their new friend, uh, all hanging out at the baseball, having a great time at the baseball. And what a fantastic thing to it's do! It's such a it's a good day for good news. But do you know what? It doesn't need to stop there. You can create your own good news. I know I share good news on the on the stories on the on the radio every day, but you too can create your own story. You can create your own narrative. Uh, Maybe next time deep. you go to the cricket or the footy or whatever, uh, buy an extra ticket. Yeah, that's a great Just buy an extra idea. ticket. Just buy an extra ticket. We should ticket. start a movement right here. Yeah, one extra Except ticket. Except I never go to the footy or the cricket. Well, someone might take you. Well, you're not homeless. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. create your own good news story. Give me a call. Tell me all about it. 1-800-FAITH-FN. I'd love to share your, your good news stories, your gratitude stories, and uh, yeah, make this world a happier place. This is Randy Travis with Jerusalem's Cry. The storm on the rise Look around You can't deny This is the hour Of heaven's time Armies gather in the east For the war That's soon to come Death will march With the mark of the beast So seek the light And walk with the sun Soon we'll see His wrath come down And the Lord Descending from the sky When you hear the trumpet sound God has answered Jerusalem's cry
sun goes black and the moon blood red and the stars fall from the sky the word of God in the Bible says we're living in the end times soon we'll see his wrath come down and the Lord descending from the sky Back, guys, that was Randy Travis with Jerusalem's Cry. You're listening to Faith FM. Here comes the second clue for the quiz of the day. Who am I? Peter said I didn't ascend to heaven. Okay, so here's somebody who didn't want to drink the blood of some people and also, according to Peter, is not in heaven. Do you agree with Peter? I, I do. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. 100%. Well, you know, it's kind of part of the Bible, so how are you going to dis- disagree with part of the Bible? I well, totally agree I mean, with Peter. Peter. This person is not Jesus, in Jesus, and we don't agree with him on that one. True, true. Anyway, um, moving to today's news stories, the United Kingdom is set to break record temperatures today. Oh, really? All-time highs. Seriously? Of all time. They've got, they got a lot so going London, on in the UK. London is creeping toward... Okay, so there's um, public health warnings. Uh, there's danger alerts going out. Um, there's probably a lot of people are going to die today. What is it, 28 degrees? No, they're creeping towards 34 degrees in London. Oh, no. <laughs> so if you are li- living in England and if you are listening to us in England, you know that you are in England when there is a the health pom- warning and a danger alert when it hits 34 degrees. How do the Poms survive when they, when they migrate here to Australia? Like, what, what is it? Yeah, you know, some of them just love it and they yeah. adapt to it. And uh, it's, it's, it's just remarkable, isn't it? I, I want to be like, look, some of you have survived. You've come to Australia. You've made it. So why can't the rest of you back home survive? Okay, so there are some places in the east of the UK that could reach 37 degrees today. And, of course, the all-time high was set in 2015 at 36.6 degrees at Heathrow Airport. 
a Heathrow. Yeah, a lot of jets taking on, taking oh, off and yeah, landing, adding and to the heat, adding to yeah, the, uh, yeah. the the heat in uh, that particular area. Um, yeah, so it could hit thirty-seven degrees. Wow, so hot. It's yeah, hard, to, hard to imagine heat like that, isn't it? Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's got something to do with um. You know, you know, global warming could actually make England a livable place. Why? <laughs> 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 it might become habitable. They've just got a new prime minister, and now they're all going to die because it's too hot. And <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't joke about it, um, <laughs> but maybe I should. Maybe it's the same way that we don't know how to insulate our houses because we can't deal with it. Oh, maybe they don't know so, how to. This is so true. Flip side. This is so true. Australians are the cool dumbest nation on earth when it comes to insulation and heating. <laughs> uh, maybe, and they dear. have they have cooling issues. Maybe all their maybe all their their cooling devices are like half as powerful as ours. Maybe that's the issue. But it does it does bring up the issue of uh, climate change, which of course yeah. is a hotly debated subject. Mm-hmm. Like Donald Trump says that it's not a thing, and other people say it is a thing. And some people say that uh, um, it's created by humans, and some people say that it's not created by humans. Donald Trump says everything that is inconvenient for him doesn't exist. Yeah, Sorry, Donald Trump says on. everything that's going to get him votes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry. That's not, that's and going to create entertainment, entertainment and oh, suck up all of he? the oxygen that he's, there is available. He's very popular. So that the only living. one who anyone is ever talking about is Donald Trump. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's really what Donald Trump mm-hmm. is the master of, yeah. is making sure that whenever anyone opens their mouth about the United States, they are talking about him. Did you did you speaking of speaking about him? Did you see um you know how he always claims to have all the facts and all this, you know, well researched blah 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 and he got busted cuz someone took a picture of his notes and it turns out he was quoting Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's stop. Uh, the free world is run by Twitter now. This is great. It's true. It's Twitter, <laughs> man. Twitter for president. Okay, so the United States military is struggling with um training on hot days. And their black flag goes up at 32 degrees. Uh, so once it hits 32 degrees, there is a high risk. United of States, United Kingdom, United States now. Really? They black fa- they black flag their training at 32 degrees. Um, and at that temperature, you can only do one hour of training with having and having and followed by 40 minutes of rest. Wow! So really, you know. I think a lot of people in the Middle East would be a little bit less scared of the United States if they yeah, knew that. Yeah, if they knew. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, if the Middle East wants to go to war, they aren't going to wait for a cool day. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to go on the hottest day they can pick. They wait, wait for it to hit 50 degrees and then in they go. Um, and um, That's funny because you usually And so the two big issues that they're facing because since in, in the last 10 years, they have lost 17 people during training who have died from heat stroke. Is it, but do you think that's... More to do with them not drinking enough water. Okay, so this is part of the part of the issue that they are looking at because the United States doesn't have a great water drinking culture. Yeah, no, they didn't do um, the whole eight glasses to two liters a day campaign. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so you, you, you're getting young people coming in, and a lot of people that have died, you know, in their first week or even on their first day of training mm-hmm. uh, from heat stroke. And if you're coming in, if you're addicted to aircon and sugary drinks then you're going to get smashed yeah. by that heat. Yeah. Uh, the other issue, of course, oil. is the issue of um, being able to, you know, reduce the amount of, um, you know, camo that they're wearing and um, body armor that they're wearing because, you know, they're, they're obviously replicating combat conditions. And so yeah. in doing so, you know, they want, to, they want, to, they want their, their service personnel to keep their body armor on. My question is, you know, in a, um, in a combat 
you know, situation, are you going to get, you know, one hour's combat followed by 40, hour, 40 minutes of rest? Yeah, no. Is that, is that actually going to be a thing? Um, and if it's not going to be a thing, then, you know, maybe they need to look at um, which is the better of two evils, keeping the body armor on or surviving the heat, particularly if you're training. See, a lot of the training in the U.S. now it takes place across the deep south where you do get those really hot temperatures. Uh, so when I was living in Louisiana um, and working there, we were hitting, you know, 40 degrees by about 10 o'clock in the morning every day. Oh, and by one o'clock, you have your thunderstorm, and then it all goes steamy. And so they're sending their guys down there to do the training because of the of the um, of the operational theaters that the United States is in, which is you know places like the Middle East and Africa and so forth, where they have to deal with hot temperatures. So they have to train these guys to operate in hot temperatures. But uh, they just yeah. figure out how to adapt. They just got to figure it out. Like if, they do. We've been surviving for thousands of years in, in you know cult, different cultures in high heat situations. Like I'm I'm a, I'm surprised when you said that that the the US was shutting down operations when it gets too hot because I was like, doesn't it actually get hotter in some places in America than it does in Australia? Oh, w- w- equally as hot. Yeah, yeah, like Death uh, Valley and those kind not, of places. Not the majority of places. Yeah, it's not as widespread as it's it not as widespread here. as it's not as but general are, as like, Australia. A, as in like just temperature. To, Temperature compared to temperature, they do have hotter places. Yeah, um, but just in. I mean, small, up in, up in Wisconsin, where my family comes from, uh, my in-laws come from. Uh, of course, you know, once it hits ninety degrees, they really start to melt. Ninety. Ninety degrees Fahrenheit, so thirty-two. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's a major melting point for them, um, and so uh, yeah, that is a a. Uh, Bit of an issue. Anyway, that's uh, what's happening around our world. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843. Let us know your thoughts on the subject. Uh, My thoughts are that climate change is a thing um, and has always been a thing, um, will always be a thing. Um, As to how much humans affect it, I really don't know. I'm not a scientist, but it's a thing. Yeah. I mean, signs of the time, so. Yeah. We've had, uh, you know, Ice Age and so forth in the past, so we know that climate change is a thing. Anyway, moving on, the first person um, ever to be granted a um, voluntary euthanasia in Australia. What? Has actually been granted um, um, a, 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 lethal, um, a lethal medication and it has been approved and dispensed. And has not yet been used. Where? In Victoria. So this was legislation that passed in June. And, you know, euthanasia is just one of those subjects that is a very, very difficult, very difficult subject. Mm-hmm. You know, is this the best form of care or is, uh, or, or is this playing God? Um, you know, from a personal perspective, Mon, from a, an emotional perspective, I think it's a good thing. But from a biblical perspective, I can't accept it. Yeah, because you think it's like it's it's basically assisting suicide, so assisting murder. It takes murder. God out of the equation. But then on the other hand, like we also put down dogs when they're in too much pain. Absolutely. So it's like that's the flip side to it. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And you know, having grown up in the country where you know we had animals and we had to put animals down, you know, on occasions, that's a, that's just a part of farm life. Um, it was always a good thing to see the suffering come to an end. Yeah. Um and. Uh, and I guess that that's probably where I come from, from an emotional perspective. Mm-hmm. And I sort of think, you know, if I was in that situation, I would like to choose how I went out and to go out with dignity under my own terms. Um, but at the same time, it takes God out of the equation. And I have seen God step in and perform miracles. 
Yeah. See, I and, guess. And, I, and, and should we be doing that? Should we? Is that our? Is that our right as human beings? Is to uh, say, God, you know what? You might have a a plan, but we're going to do this. How old is this person? Like, do we know anything about? Them? Yeah, we have, we have no details. Mm-hmm. All, all we have is uh, you know, and I, I suspect that that will be kept you know very strictly confidential. They have quite a process there. Uh, that you have to go through. It's one of the most conservative euthanasia laws that there is in the world, but it is um, up and running and very, very sadly taking place. Need to pray for this family. Brightly beams Our Father's mercy From His light House evermore to us He gives the keeping of the lights along the shore Then the lower lights be burning Send a gleam across Struggling seamen, you may rescue, you may save. Dark the night of sin has settled, loud the So 
Welcome back, everybody. That was the Lower Lights. Uh, brightly beams our Father's mercy. Uh, you listen to Faith FM. And before we get to our interview of the day, we have another clue for our quiz. What have you got for us there, Mon? Who am I? I was afraid of God because he killed Uzzah for touching the Ark of God. Okay, so this is somebody mm. let's, let's, let, who refused to drink the blood of certain people who uh, is not in heaven. According to Peter. According to the Bible. According to Peter in the Bible. Yes. Um, and he's not. And he's not. He's not in heaven. According to Peter in the Bible. Um, and he was scared he was, of God. He was scared of God. Momentarily, at yeah. least. Okay, if you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number to give us a call. And there will be a prize coming your way if you are able to figure this one out. Well, joining us in the studio this morning is David Haupt. David, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning to your listeners. Now, uh, I just need to do a bit of an introduction here because we have swapped one David for another. Yeah. We've gone from David Stojic to David Haupt. And uh, if you're wondering where David Stojic is this morning, David Stojic is actually finishing off his PhD. For the next couple of months, he's going to be focusing on uh, finishing his PhD. And I'm super excited to mm. have uh, David Haupt here and filling in and uh, or taking taking David's uh, David Stojic's place. Getting these two, all these Davids mixed up. Uh, anyway, so David is, uh, is is a Christian pastor. He's a therapist. Uh, he's a counselor. He's been working in this field for more than twenty years. He's worked with some of the most um, challenging, I guess, people and people groups uh, that there is here in Australia. Originally from what part of the world, David? I'm originally from South Africa. Okay, you know, so my accent gives me away. Does indeed. <laughs> what part of South Africa? I grew up amongst the Zulu people in, oh. uh, in Natal, uh, KwaZulu Natal. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. So, do you know how to speak Zulu? I do. Some more than about four to eight. Some bigger than That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I understand everything that he just said. <laughs> Not. <laughs> I woke up this morning to a, a Zulu song for my alarm clock. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. love it. Beautiful people. Alwe matuta. I don't know what that means, but that's what it said. <laughs> <laughs> David knows what it means. <laughs> I hope I didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Well, David, we're super excited to have you on the program. And uh, as you're starting off this little series, um, what are we going to be talking about today? I would like us to focus on a phenomenon that I so often see that holds people back in their life, and that's the issue of shame. Okay. In other words, the, 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 the question that I so often ask people is, who are you? Uh, very few people do take the time to discover who they are. In other words, why do I act the way that I do? I, I have the privilege sometimes to speak to, to colleagues, fellow ministers, and um, I often would relate this, the experience. You know, I've just preached a sermon to a few hundred people. I stand at the, the church door greeting them as, as the congregation comes out, and most of them have something good to say, but none of that sticks. It is as I get into my car and my wife and I drive back home that um, there's a tension that builds up in the car. 
well, not with my wife, but with me, because as I glance over to her, she sits there in silence enjoying the afternoon drive. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the I can absolutely relate to exactly what you're saying right now. And eventually, you reach that point where you just cannot hold it in anymore, and eventually I would ask the question of, and... <laughs> to which she then responds and says, and what? And the moment that she says, and what? I, I can feel that tension rising in, in, in quite a few decibels. Uh-huh. And um, I hold it in until I just can't hold it in anymore. And I say, the sermon, of course, to which she then responds and says, what about the sermon? <laughs> it is when she says she that. Kn- she knows, your wife knows how to, put, how, to, how to rub salt in the wound, doesn't she? Just to string you along. In other words, what is it in the background, in the recesses of our mind mm-hmm. that trips us up, that, that sabotages our relationships? Mm. Very few people take the time to open up the baggage of their life. Okay, so I have a very similar experience. Slightly different, but similar. So I'll get in the car on the way home, and, and I've got, you know, you, you know how when you preach a sermon, everybody's going to tell you it was a great sermon. Um, that's what they're required to do kind of thing, but uh, uh, your wife is always going to be brutally honest. So I have this thing where I'm in the, I'm in the car on the way home, and that same tension builds up, and so I'll, 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 just, I'll just, you know, Lance the boil, so to speak, and I'll ask my wife, what did you rate that one? Mm. And then she'll give me a rating out of 10 and Are tell me trap? how. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's also useful, you know, for uh, improving your preaching ability and so forth. It's good feedback to have honest feedback. But why am I asking that question? Maybe, maybe you can reveal some things to me about myself. You have just exposed yourself, made yourself utterly vulnerable to a congregation. What you now want is to be built up again. Mm. In other words, we make other people the author of our worth and our value. Mm. And all that other people will reflect to us is their own struggle to make sense of their own life. And therefore, I see so often in marriages a paralysis when when the husband neglects to show love to his wife. How does the wife react? She reacts by neglecting to show respect to her husband. We call it the crazy cycle or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So we become reliant on those that are the closest to us to reflect our worth and our value. My question is this. Are they truly reliable sources to speak my worth and value. And I would like next week to talk to you about that topic. Mm, that, can't wait for that one. So, so in other words, what is it that holds us from being able to reach the full potential that God has designed us for? Mm. We call it the issue of shame. Okay. So let's unpack. So shame, shame then becomes a driving force in our life. Yeah. Now, the word shame and guilt is so often used interchangeably in the English language. And, and, and while it comes from the same original old English root word, it is in actual fact two completely different meanings. Because guilt has to do with something that I've done wrong. In other words, I've transgressed a, 
a, a, a law in the community or in society or even in scripture and all that I need to do is to I need to confess it I need to rectify it and make recompense and I would be okay but shame is different shame hits to the core of who I am so can I have shame without having guilt without having done anything wrong well shame is a distortion because shame says... Okay, so guilt is a real thing because you either did it or you didn't. That's right. That's right. And in, in actual fact, guilt is good for you because that helps you to make amends, to restore relationships. Shame, on the other hand, hits to the core of who I am. I, I, I never went to university uh, to study the topic of shame. But I agonized on this topic from a very, very early age of my life. From a, a, a young age, I can think back at the age of five, constantly hearing the words, shame on you. You'll Ooh. never amount to much. If only you were like. And as we grow up, we continue to repeat that narrative in our life. And... And we start to use the words, you're stupid. I'm stupid. I'll, I'll never be able to do these things. In other words, we start to rehearse and it becomes a prophecy in our life. Now, I'd like to share with you out of scripture an illustration of how those two words are used interchangeably. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And let's go to the prophet, uh, sorry, not the prophet, the, the apostle Paul in the book of Romans chapter 7. In Romans 7 verse uh, 19, uh, Paul says, For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. We had well, this morning just uh, a few days ago in our quiz, that same passage. Yeah, a bit of a tongue twister. Yeah. So is that speaking about guilt or is it speaking about shame? It's speaking about guilt. Let's go down to verse 24 where the same author says, he says, O wretched man that I am. Can you hear how it hits yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah. core it's, it's, of his it's, being? It's just eating him up. He says, who will deliver me from the body of death? So shame says, I'm defective, I'm deficient, I'm flawed, I don't measure up, I'll never be good enough. This is a perspective on this passage I have never heard before. This is a passage that um, we love to debate. Mm. In fact, when it came up as a, a clue for the quiz, I was like, ooh, that's, a, uh, that's a, a hot topic right there. And Mon was like, oh, really? Is it? Because, uh, you know, this is one that, 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 that um, you know, there's a certain portion of Christianity that loves to sit back and debate the theology of it. Yeah. You know, is, it this, is this the converted man or the unconverted man? You, know, you get staunch people on both sides of it and fight each other over it. But you're pointing out they might be actually missing the whole point of what Paul's trying to communicate. Exactly. You know, if I was the devil, and I'm not, <laughs> but if I was, I would injure children very early in their life. And, and then I'll, you get a passage of the Bible that actually addresses it, and you would start theological debates over it. That's right. Rather than people actually understanding it. So in other words, the injury that takes place early in their life t- 
turns our eyes towards people to try and gain our value and worth from people. I've come to the realization in my own personal life that whatever I reflect towards my wife in our marriage, that conflict moments, has more to do with where I'm at than what it has to do with what she's just said or done. In other words, what she says or have done or neglected to do in my eyes brings up the pain of my past. Mm. And I'm making her responsible for the pain that she had no part in. And very soon, major conflict happened. Two researchers, um, French research, uh, researcher Jeanette says that when major trauma events happen in a, in, in a person's life, especially a child's life, that it would be like an anchor that holds them from being able to move away from that event. They will be able to move as if there's elasticity in that chain that is chaining them to that event. They'll be able to move away for a while, but as they move away, Tension will build up and they will eventually reach a point where they can go no further and it would pull them back and catapult them back to that moment. And we see it so often with people with addictions. Talking about addictions, mm. Professor Robert Grant, trauma specialist, says that unresolved trauma will in actual fact lead people to either mental disorder or addictions. Now, Is this wow, that's heavy. So... Is there another way out? Yeah, that's a really good question, David, because um, addictions and uh, mental illness are not exactly a, uh, a positive direction to be going. And I would like to take your, your listeners over the next few weeks on a journey where we're going to explore this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to dig deep out of my own personal struggle with shame in my life. Because as I said, I grew up with it. Mm. And it held me back for too long. Holding that belief that I hold no worth and no value. There's a time in my life when people walked through the front door, I ran out the back door. I used to stutter. Really? I used to stutter. Mm -hmm. There was never an imagination that ever I could stand on the stage and speak to hundreds of people. I would stutter on a one-to-one -one And now you're a preacher who speaks all over the world. Now... I went into my study, into my inner room alone in the morning with God. And I started to, in, in my morning devotion, purely to try to hear God speak into my life. Because I do believe that the answer to this problem does not lie in modern psychology. It lies in an intimate relationship with God. Mm. And... One morning, as I was struggling with the shame of my past, I turned to Mark chapter 10, the last story in Mark chapter 10. And there a man by the name of Bartimaeus, by the way, Bartimaeus means Bar son of Timaeus, son of a man who lives with ceremonial shame or ceremonial uncleanness. That's me. Hmm. He cries out to God, to Jesus. The crowd hushes him up. He cries out again. And what does verse 49 says? So Jesus stood still. Hmm. Let's unpack that for a second. The cry of a man who is bound by shame in his life brings the foot tread of the creator of the universe 
to a standstill. And then brings those foot treads right to his side. And that morning I just wept because I realized in my brokenness the God of the universe wants to be intimate in a relationship with me. Mm-hmm. That intimacy, that hour alone in the morning with God, allowing him to speak into my life, brought healing for me. Just recently, I was uh, speaking at a university, and uh, I shared with them the concept that uh, modern pop psychology gives just stand in the morning in front of your mirror look at the person looking back at you and say good morning handsome ain't the world a great place to have you around in the darkness of night when you're alone in your room alone on that bed you know that that method is plastic yeah yeah it is in the intimacy that personal walk with god allowing his word to speak into your life yeah where the healing comes in. David, thank you so much for sharing this morning. Very, very powerful. And we look forward to the the continuation of this series over the uh, next few weeks, next couple of months. Um, We're going to move on right now. This is Mal Venus with In My Heart. You're listening to Faith FM. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. It's one. 